these physical bodies that we have today, these physical bodies, we will not have these in heaven. We will be changed into a spiritual body before we're taken into heaven. We couldn't possibly have these physical bodies because they die. There'll be no death in heaven. They have pain. There'll be no pain in heaven. They also have emotions, emotions of the flesh. There will be no emotions of the flesh in heaven. We will be in heaven as the angels of God. Therefore, these current physical bodies won't go into heaven with us. Our soul and spirit goes and we're given a new body. And the Apostle Paul describes that new body for us in 1 Corinthians 15. Here are some of the things Paul says about the new body. Paul says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is like the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. This I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. There will be some Christians on the earth at the time Jesus returns. First he will, with a shout, raise the dead in Christ. And then the ones who are still living on the earth will be changed out of these physical bodies and will rise to meet Jesus in the air. If you'll blink, just blink your eyes one time, that is how fast those left on earth will be changed into their new spiritual bodies before they are taken into heaven. In 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul tells about the dead being raised by Christ. And Paul says to the living, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, dead. Being dead simply means you're asleep. And you will sleep until Jesus returns with a shout. And he will awaken you and you'll be taken up to heaven to be with Jesus. And those who are still alive on this earth will be changed into spiritual bodies and will be raised into heaven to be with Jesus and all of those who have been raised from the dead.
So Paul says, don't be like the pagans who have no hope. When someone dies and they're pagan, they have no hope. But you have hope. When someone dies among you, don't sorrow over them like the pagans do who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. The dead will be raised first. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. One time the Holy Spirit spoke to me in the air. Those words came into my mind, in the air. I knew I had seen it in a scripture, and I found it here in First Thessalonians chapter 4. It's very important to understand we're not going to be on this present earth. We rise off this present earth. Why is that important? Because the great tribulation comes and then God destroys this present heaven and earth with a fire. You can read about that in Second Peter chapter 3. Jesus takes us to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. It's described for us in Revelation 21. God showed it to the apostle John. John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So we will have new spiritual bodies in heaven, and we will be with all of those who have died before us. We'll be with Paul, we'll be with David, we will be with all of the apostles and all of the prophets, Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, all of the prophets will be there. We'll be with all of them and all of us will have new spiritual bodies. And there are rewards in heaven. Some will receive a full reward. Others will receive a partial reward. The Apostle John tells us what to do that we would receive a full 
reward. That is recorded for us in Second John. If you will turn with me to Second John, we'll read about receiving a full reward. John says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds." So if they come to you as a Christian and they believe it's all right to be homosexual, they deny the doctrine of Christ because in the New Testament Bible we read the doctrine of Christ, that God gave homosexuals and lesbians up to vile affections. You will read that in Romans chapter 1. They refused to see God in his own image. And they recreated God in their thinking unto their own likeness, unto the likeness of man. What God would be like, they think God would too. They don't have the Holy Bible that they cling to to see what God is really like. It says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. And the women had relations with the women. And the men had relations with the men. And they did not use the natural body as it was intended to be used. Therefore God gave them up to do these things which are not convenient, is what it says in Romans chapter 1. Therefore we know homosexual lesbians, this is sin. We know it because of what the Bible says, not because of what we think. It's what God says. We adjust our thinking to agree with what God says in the Bible. Therefore, we live in the doctrine of Christ. In the Bible, it says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Therefore, we believe this because we read it in the Bible. Matthew chapter 5 verse 32 I believe that's also written in Matthew 19. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now, many churches, they don't cling to the scripture. They've changed it. But you must not change it. You must hold fast to what is in the Bible. And those people who are called Christians who have another doctrine other than the doctrine of the Bible... We must not have them into our house, and certainly we do not wish them well, because to wish them well is to be partaker of their evil deeds. So be very careful about this, and to receive a full reward. You can read about this again in John, Second John, Second John, and it starts at verse eight. After the great tribulation. God destroys this present heaven and earth. We have a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You'll never be able 
to make this present earth righteous. Second Peter chapter 3, Peter says, Verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. All these things the world trusts in will be gone. They will be nothing. The heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus says, My word will never pass away. So you trust in his word. You can't trust in what you see on this present earth. It will all be destroyed. Then Peter says, starting at verse 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Verse 13, Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. We live every day of our life on this earth in peace. How? By prayer. Because Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And when you do that, Paul says, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we must be diligent every day to pray about anything that concerns us and settle it with God according to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Most Christians do not do this. They let troubles pile up. They even try to sweep their troubles under the rug without prayer. And they will say things like, Oh, God will ne never let that happen to me. That's kind of an arrogancy. Instead of praying, they become as gods. When you are troubled about anything, stop and pray. And take it to God and pour out your heart before God. This concerns me. One time a woman in our church group told me a story that her about her family. Her adult-aged son came to visit them. He was divorced from his first wife and had separated from his, his second wife. And he came to visit them, and she showed him the Bible. And he said, oh, but that's so legalistic. When she told me that story, I was so grieved. I turned to God, and I said, I see, I turned to God. I didn't try to ignore it. I had grief in my heart. I turned to God, and I said, this grieves me. 
This really grieves me, what he said. In a few moments, I was walking through my house, and I was reminded of a scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. And my grief was turned to joy because the Bible, which this young man said was legalistic, the Bible lets us into life when we follow it. It's the gate taking us into life. Therefore, when it says, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, you as a divorced man can enter into life by not committing adultery, by not marrying the divorced woman. It's the way into life. It's not the way of prohibiting us from joy. It is the way of freeing us from sin when we do it. Therefore, the world wants freedom to sin, so they don't want to read the Bible. We want freedom from sin, so we want to read the Bible, so we can be free from sin by doing what the Word of God says to do. Pray over everything. When you're grieved, pray. I told my cousin this. She was 97 years old at the time. She told me this story. She said, oh, I do so well in the daytime, but at night I get so lonely. Her husband died 10 years earlier. She all her life attended Church of Christ. And certainly she would identify herself as a Christian, and yet she didn't do the Word of God. So when she told me the story, I said, oh, all you have to do is when that loneliness is coming upon you, All you have to do is turn to God and pray and let your request be made known unto God and then the loneliness will leave and you'll be okay. About a week later, I heard from her by letter and she said, I do all right in the day, but I get so lonely at night. She didn't do the word of God at all. She didn't do Philippians 4, 6 and 7. She just ignored what I told her. The Bible says, if any man's a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject them. Just don't keep correcting them. Leave them alone. Don't ask them how they're doing. You know how they're doing. They've rejected God twice when you've talked to them. Leave them alone. Don't entangle yourself with them. Because if you entangle yourself by visiting with those people, they will pull you down with them. Yes, they will. You think you'll pull them up. You won't. If they've already rejected the warnings a couple of times, just leave them alone. They won't do the first warning. They certainly won't do the second warning. Leave them alone. Don't entangle yourself with them because you will be vexed and grieved. They will be thorns in your side and pricks in your eyes as you try to correct them. As you hear what they're doing and see what they're doing, they will grieve you. So, if you will follow, 
Titus chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, and do what it says, you'll free yourself. Let's look at Titus chapter 3 for just a moment. It's actually verse 10 and 11. A man that is an heretic, if he rejects the instruction from the Bible and doesn't do it and shows you that he doesn't do it, after the first and second admonition, after you have warned him one to two times, reject him, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. This God worked with me for months on these two verses of Scripture to teach me don't keep trying to teach these people. They will grieve you. They will pull you down. If they reject the word of God, just leave them alone. They call themselves Christians, but if they reject the word of God, leave them alone. I have seen so many times Christians, people say they are Christians, rejecting Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That's critical that we do Philippians 4, 6, and 7 continually. We'll close with that scripture. Look at Philippians 4. Start at verse 6. Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus the Word. So don't carry your troubles and cares around inside you. Turn to God. Pour your heart out to God on the subject that troubles you. Often God will give you a word that will help you. But even if he chooses not to give you a word, just put your trust in him. But don't carry your troubles around inside you and try to sweep them under the rug by ignoring them. For they won't go away until you have settled the matter with God and trust in him. So pray without ceasing, Paul says. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.